Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work, and how what happened in their astrological midlife helped get them to where they are today. If you're new to the show, welcome. My definition of midlife isn't what you might expect, because I'm talking about astrological midlife, relating to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for every human. Each of the four main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual. I'm right in the middle of these four main midlife transits and learning lots along the way, especially from my guests on the show. This episode, released just after the Pisces New Moon, is my 12-cycle lunarversary for the podcast, as episode 1 was released just after the Pisces New Moon last year. Given the one-year milestone coming up shortly, I may mix up the format of the podcast in the future, especially in terms of my original music I've been including at the end of the show. Today I include the song that the podcast theme music comes from. It's called Trust, and I find it extremely pertinent at the moment. I especially asked today's guest on the show because I felt that both I and some of you might need a reminder that there is still hope in life given some rather full-on current events. Aotearoa New Zealand has finally started its pandemic community outbreak, (coughs) and of course, war, and war-like energy has started to impact us more in the last week. These times are stimulating an adrenaline response for many, on top of the effects of the last two years. Still, they say that this Pisces new moon is a powerful one for new beginnings and making intentions even if they don't appear to be manifesting in the near future. And now for our guest. Anwin is an inspirational mind-body-soul teacher and activator, offering understanding and encouragement as humanity's deeply embedded belief systems are challenged. She provides mentoring, runs retreats, and when possible travels to sacred sites to perform ritual. Arnwin's first book describes her awakening, and her upcoming book is focused on humanity's shift in consciousness. She reassures us that all is well, and gives us tips for navigating the interesting and somewhat divisive times we currently live in. Arnwin, welcome to Unraveling Midlife. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Tell us about you and what you do. Well, who is Arnwin? Sometimes I'm not very sure of that myself. And it's ever-changing. And in fact, my name has only been Arnwin since 2014. And prior to that, my name was Annette. Can you imagine me as Annette? Not really. No, I see you shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our life. We're you know, constantly changing. So um, from one year to the next, uh, my vibration changed so much. Uh, that I moved into the frequency of being Arnwin. And as Arnwin, um, I am a writer and a, a mentor, what they call a, a golden age mentor. So that's somebody who's like a way shower, helping people to navigate the new energies on the earth and this incredible transition that the planet and humanity is going through. 
I also am what they call a planetary healer. Um, so as well as working with individuals and groups, I also work with the planet itself. So I'm often sent to different parts around the globe to activate areas or close down areas like vortexes or portals. Uh, or sometimes I'm activated and then I bring those activations back and I transmit them to others. So I'm also an activator in that sense. And as well as that, um, I host retreats here at beautiful sanctuary um, down at the southern end of Lake Taupo, which we call Kasak, which means where heaven meets earth. And so this is a very special place, very special energies where people come to be activated to help them really align with the new earth energies of Gaia. And as we are shifting into this new way of being humans, we are becoming new humans. How does that sound? Is that kind of a lot? I know, but it's my work is very uh, multi-stranded, we could say. Many threads there. Oh, I like that, multi-stranded. Um, and, <laughs> and you said you're a writer and you've got a couple of books and you did just tell me just before we started that you're into writing the last paragraphs of your latest book. I know. It's like I'm just, oh, I can hardly eat or sleep because I'm so close to finishing and this notion of finishing tomorrow has come into my head and it's like, oh, I know, but I know that I'm only just paragraphs away from completing um, and tomorrow is an amazing date. It's the 3rd of the 3rd, 2022, which adds up to the 12th. And in numerology, that's the, the number of creation on our planet. So I want to birth this book, which has been 10 years in the making or 10 years of my living, but nine months in the writing, so almost to the day. And so I want to give birth tomorrow in this number 12 and just you know, that energy goes into the book and, um, yeah. So, oh, that's great because so, that is the new yeah. moon. It is the it new is moon the new in moon. Pisces and that will be yes. when this episode comes out for listeners. So yes. I, they say in the astrology emails and podcasts I've been listening to that it is a very special, auspicious new moon. Yes. Yes, I believe um, Pamela Gregory um, said that this new moon is, it carries amazing creation energies for writers, artists, musicians, movie makers, anybody in the creative expression. And that's not just those arts, but also just the art of living, you know. Uh, every day is a creative expression of, of being a God and body. So she said it's phenomenal that the, the creation energy is just phenomenal during this moment. And I am Pisces. I actually turn 67 next week. So bring it on. I say I'm giving birth. 67 and not too old to give birth. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about what, what you're birthing? Well, ooh, in a way it's kind of like almost a birthing and an ending because I, I also sense that it's the end of Anwen. I feel like I was just mentioning to you before um, I've been told by my guides that by the end of this year, there's not going to be much of Arnwen left. So it's almost like each time I birth a book, it's a completion of a, of a big chapter in my life. And then there's a shift in consciousness. And, and then I, I might even get another name. I've been told that there is another name coming. And so this book, um, 
follows on from my first book was published in 2012 and that was the journey of my awakening because in 2002 which I noted was a major transit and you sent me some of the major transits that occurred in my midlife June 2000 you, you have and that was spot on my son uh, who was nearly 17 or was 17 he died in a car crash in June of 2000 so isn't it extraordinary? The astrology has so much significance. It's always spot on. And that was the that was the catalyst for my awakening of my soul journey. And so, you know, what began as a very traumatic um, time of despair, sorrow and upheaval, eventually over the years became, you know, what I call the greatest gift of my life. And so during my midlife period, I was really being set up for my crone years, which I'm firmly in now and loving, but it was the it was the um, the journey of grief and the awakening of my soul, and which then culminated in the writing of my book, Dry Your Tears. So the book was written to show others the noble journey of grief as a great awakening catalyst, and it's one of the most challenging pathways into awakening, but it's powerful if you embrace it. And, and allow yourself to feel the pain at times, especially in the beginning. But, you know, that's where the treasure is. When we get past the pain, the treasure is sitting there waiting for us to, to claim it and embrace it. And I want other people to know that they can do that too. And that is especially so relevant at this time on the planet when just about every on the planet, everyone on the planet is being affected by irrevocable change. Life will never be the same again, but it will be better. And my life is so much better. I can't believe it. And it keeps on being better. So the second book, I don't have a title for it yet, but it, it begins with going back and, and reminding people of um, the private, personal awakenings that we're having. But it also links it very strongly to the planetary awakening that is happening worldwide, global-wide, because it's written in the stars. And you as an astrologer will know that we're at this incredible um, time in Earth's history. We're moving through what is called the photon belt in the, in the, in the um, solar system and the cosmos. And these are this is a, like a 2,000 year of enlightenment. It's when the Earth moves through this band of particles of light that trigger and activate humanity and all life streams on the planet. So we are all waking up, we can't avoid it. It's happening. And this is why we're having the dismantle that we're seeing around us, which many people see as chaos and dreadful things happening and it's shocking. It is shocking. This is what an awakening is. It wakes us up out of what we thought our lives were all about. You know, it takes us into a much more expanded view of what life is about and how we can experience life as a much more expanded human being. And this is what's so exciting about this period on Earth at the moment. We are being upgraded uh, in our consciousness. And who wouldn't want that, you know? <laughs> and even the most cynical person on the planet is being tapped on the shoulder by their soul at the moment and saying, hey, this human being is not really who you are. You've acquired what we call human nature, 
over many, many lifetimes. And now you're being woken up to your God nature. You know, there's so much more than what we thought. So that's kind of what my book is about. And it, um, it's, it's uh, an interface of ancient knowledge with, a, with a, a modern woman as myself. So it's my personal journey that I have some very extraordinary things happen. I get sent on quests by my guides. And a lot of my quests are to Glastonbury, one of the most sacred places on the planet. And in Glastonbury, over, over my um, lifetime since 2010, up until this day, um, what I discover in Glastonbury is very impactful, not just for myself and for the journey of my soul, but also for the journey of the planet. Because we discover there in Glastonbury, which is the planetary heart chakra, so it's the heart chakra of the whole world, but that chakra, and actually all chakras around the planet, has been severely sabotaged over millennia. And this is uh, to uh, keep humanity in this limited version of who we are. And that's the light language coming through. That's my guides wanting to just uh, insert some energy for the you know, listeners listening. So what has been happening in, in, in um, sacred places such as Glastonbury, energy has been, uh, malicious dark energy has been inserted into these places. And places like um, Glastonbury in particular, it's, it's like our human heart. Whatever happens in our heart is pumped right throughout our body. It's no different for the planet. What happens in Glastonbury is centered around the world energetically through ley lines and also through the diamond light grid. So this has been a way of keeping darkness alive on the planet and keeping humanity trapped into this illusion of our limited human nature. So that has been uh, cleared and healed, uh, not just by myself, but by many light workers who have visited Glastonbury over recent decades. And bit by bit, we have done the healing, the healing, the clearing, the clearing of the immense vortex at Glastonbury. And I was the one who had the very last piece of clearing to do in 2013, December 2013. And so at that time, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a ceremony was held and that last part of the chakra of Glastonbury was healed and closed down. And at the same time, the higher version, the ascended version of the Glastonbury heart chakra, which is called Avalon, was reopened. So you see, what happened on the planet first now ripples out to humanity because we are the same as Gaia. Our heart chakra has been severely closed down over many, many lifetimes on our planet through the sorrow and the grief and the betrayal and the trauma that we've all experienced. And our hearts too have needed to be cleansed and reopened so that they can ascend to this higher level. So that's why my first book was all about the healing of the heart. The piercing of the heart, the healing of the heart, opening of the heart. We're no different from Gaia. We are the same as Gaia. We're just in human bodies, but we have the same, we're made of the same stuff. We are all gods and 
this is what's happening. So I say on a personal and a planetary level, we are ascending. That was a long answer to your lovely little question. It's fascinating. <laughs> Everything's interconnected, so there's really no simple answers because everything is interconnected. But so the story, my, my second book, is really about the planetary awakening, um, but also showing as personal awakenings. And it's shown through the way that our human nature has been so shut down and limited and why we think we are what we are and how we can sort of transcend that now and become much more moving into our higher nature, our God nature, our source nature, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. So that's what we're doing, you know, on the planet at the moment. You talked about uh, like a adjustment period do you have any inkling of length of time that that will take? Uh, I, 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 from now on? Yeah. Do you mean? Yes. yes. I, well, actually, um, great that you asked that and great that I just happen to be, have been told <laughs> by Archangel Metatron that he said the next 10 years on the planet are absolutely crucial and so important for humanity. So we're looking at like a decade ahead of us. Uh, to, I think this is the, the main window of ascension. And we're, we're already, and it also links to the uh, place where we are in the photon belt. Now, we started moving into the photon belt. We were fully in, in 2012, which was a very pivotal time for humanity. We're well in there now. I think they say it takes 18 years to come right into the very center and then another 18 years to come out of the center. This, is, this means that we're right in the, core of the galaxy, the galactic core. Well, I think we're really coming into that core at the moment over the next few years. He also said that we'll probably have to dig quite deep the next two to three years. Now, what that means is that as we, as this threshold that humanity is standing on becomes more and more apparent to people when they are waking up, people are just spontaneously waking up because we're in this energy of the photon belt, that those on the planet, this relatively few, the minority, but influential minority, who would prefer to keep humanity in the dark, they're pulling out all the stops now to try and distract humanity from their journey of ascension. And from my perspective, this is what the pandemic has been about. It's a divisive measure of to divide and separate and to create fear on the planet. And it has done that. Mm. So my book and another other books that have been written at the moment uh, to help explain what this is what this is doing to the people and why. And also to show that it's been done throughout history. So my story tells of uh, when I was uh, a personality in Glastonbury in the 15th century, and uh, I was aware of a very dark ceremony that was held to inject air into the planet then. And it's taken 700 years to clear that. It's a long time. So, so these uh, kind of actions, these dark actions, have happened throughout the planet, throughout time, since the fall of consciousness on the planet. But this is ending. It's ending. We have many, many, many millions of light workers fully awake, holding the light on the planet as never before. There's never been so much light on the planet as there is now. And so we've, the light has already won. From, from spirit's perspective and the spiritual hierarchy over, overlooking the, the earth, 
the light has already won and we're just seeing the freight train of the dismantling moving through. You know, it's the rest of humanity just moving through. Like a freight train takes a long time to pass through, but it is moving. And you and, and when you're just sitting in one place and you're all you can see is a never ending freight train. This is what it this is how it seems to be on the planet for people. They can't really see the shift that is happening, but it is happening. And and they and spirit guides say that by the end of the next ten years we will really see the incredible change that has happened on the planet in very tangible ways that nobody can ignore. That's really exciting, though. I do have to admit the 10 years does sound like a long time to me, but that's I've, oh, but I, I do tend to be impatient. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think I know what you mean, and I have an impatience myself um, because it's like a higher, I think it's, a higher nature is so integrating with our human nature now that our higher nature already knows this. It's like, oh, come on, let's get on with this. You know, why is it like this? But really, when you think of the cosmos and great arcs of time, it's nothing. It's a blink of an eyelid, really. It's nothing. And we have to go through this. Like, we have to, we are embodied humans we are embodied God. We are embodied source energy. We have to experience this in a very conscious way. And people are doing this one by one, awakening, awakening, making different choices, realizing what they wish to be aligned with, what they no longer wish to be aligned with. All of that's so important. It's all so necessary. And it's happening worldwide. It is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious when you were talking about Glastonbury as the heart chakra and you said that you had travelled, and, and I'm assuming not just to Glastonbury, for special um, places. And I know that I spent quite some energy like reading up on, on sacred places maybe back when I was probably 20, 21. Gosh, that's a while ago. So what other... <laughs> what, what other um, what other places um, have maybe not the same significance, but uh, quite a significance? Because I'm curious. Like yes. I, I remember having a book that showed different places within New Zealand, and I wish that I hadn't passed that on because don't know what what oh. I did with it. Oh yes, well New Zealand's got amazing places, and um, yeah, and Glastonbury is very connected to New Zealand. But, I t- but in answering your first part of the question, in 2019, um, <clears throat> my my guides told me it was a year of quest, and boy, they weren't kidding because they they told me that within that one year, 2019, and that was just the year you know COVID then hit the next March, so. In 2019, I was sent to Egypt, Spain, Portugal, Mount Shasta in America, Sedona in America, Hawaii, and then Mexico, all in one year. (laughs) And I got back on New Year's Day, (laughs) just in the nick of time. (laughs) And then within a few weeks of that, we had the first news of the arrival of this pandemic, pandemic. And um, I was actually booked to go to Uluru uh, in March, but I couldn't go because of the pandemic. So, um, so that was a big year. And but I feel that those places are actually more connected to my next book, book number three, 
which is already starting to reveal itself. So book number three, I'm told, is going to be very much about retrieving, channeling, remembering extremely ancient knowledge, <clears throat> which are in these sacred places all around the planet. And different light workers have a different affinity with different places. My main place is Glastonbury, so I will be going to Glastonbury over and over again to link into the ancient, ancient energies and the knowledge that they contain which has not been known on the earth for millennia. Isn't this exciting? Mm. And I'm told that it, I'm told that it's going to change my entire perspective of the world I live in. And then once I understand it, it's like they said, you're going back to Glastonbury. Glastonbury is your school. You're like a child in school. You're going to be given this knowledge. It won't make any sense. And then over time, you, the understanding comes. And then once the understanding comes, you then share it with the others. Now, other people will be going to back to Egypt, back to Mexico, to the Mayan culture and the Aztec, Aztec wisdom. Other people will go to Greece and, and, and you know, the, the wisdom of ancient Greece and the gods of Greece. So they're all true. All of those gods that we hear about, they all existed. There was a, an amazing mystery school up on Mount Olympus and, um, you know, the Oracle of Delphi. All of these places existed. They're not just myths and legends. Other people will go to, um, oh, I don't know, they'll, they'll be tuning into Atlantic energies. They'll be tuning into Lemurian energies on Hawaii and all of those sorts of things. So there's going to be an extraordinary amount of new books and movies coming uh, to really help humanity through this decade that's, that's coming. So there'll always be so much to support us. You know, we shouldn't feel burdened or overwhelmed by the change. Don't worry, there's always support there. We get it when we need it. So I noticed that a lot of those places that you're talking about are in the Western world and Western tradition or traditions, like even yeah. Egypt was yeah. was part of that um, original yeah. Western mystic. Um, why, why is that? Is there a counterpart with the Eastern traditions? Yes, indeed. And it just happens to be my pathway. I'm more... Um, involved with those Western traditions, mm. but it's not to undermine or discount the Eastern traditions at all. And, you know, this is part of the oneness that we are connecting East and West, North and South of the hemisphere and uh, what that means in terms of the ancient traditions and the knowledge and the wisdom. Of course, it all came originally from the same source. It's all source knowledge and wisdom but it always has in a different expression on different parts of the planet, which has made our planet such a, a wonderful living library. Um, you know, and many beings from other <clears throat> star nations and other galaxies want to come here because this this planet is just such a, a treasure trove of, of wisdom and knowledge. And you can experience it in the body. You can experience it in a very physical way, which you can't do on many other realms of existence it's all just energy and consciousness here we get to actually physically embody and experience so it's very profound it's very profound for our soul and it's a way of fast-tracking our soul evolution yeah so for those people who potentially are um, feeling a bit worried about life at the moment and or might some people might be really focused on wanting 
life to go back to how it was before the pandemic, where it just feels like we took a really easy going life for granted now. Or, or for those people who maybe are having trouble staying on that optimistic path that actually everything's okay uh, do you have any suggestions I mean obviously apart from like reading your book <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is there anything else yes. people can yeah, do yeah. or surround themselves like yeah. stop watching so much news on mainstream media what what are your suggestions totally I, I totally agree with what you just said and you know it, it's a natural first of all just to address that desire to go back to the way that things were it's a natural human response and you know, I wanted that too. I wanted my son to be back. I wanted him. I, I understand this. I understood the spiritual awakening that was happening, but I also wanted him there physically. I I, I, I learned to love him and, and feel him and reach him in the spirit realm, but it took a long time for me to, to stop yearning for that physical presence of my beautiful son. And so this is it's the same yearning that's happening for humanity around the planet now. They're yearning for the relationship with others, their relationships with life, their, their colleagues, their, the way that they earn their income, all of those sorts of things. But when you go a little bit further on the journey, you start to realize there's so much more than that. You know, so it's about recognizing that there's a higher version of everything that we've been doing. I still love to go to a cafe. I don't go as much because the opportunities aren't really there where, I, where I'm living at the moment. And when I do, you know, I love it. It's fun. But I don't have to go every jolly day like I might have. At one, in fact, I did in, in one part of my life. Every day to the cafe. <laughs> they're rituals, you see. They're rituals. So it's about changing our rituals and making them more conscious and more relevant to the journey that is actually unfolding in front of us. So, yes, please. Stay away from the mainstream narrative. It is highly biased. It's not helpful. And the, it contains very, very low vibrations. To really make the most of the journey that's being offered to us now and to make the most of the energies that are being pulsed onto the planet continuously now, the more that we can align with the new energies, the, the easier the ride will be. And so the new energies, of course, are peace and love and oneness. They are harmonious and it's the it's the unified field that is really coming into play and this is what the people in Wellington New Zealand are describing I've, I've spoken to people firsthand who've been there recently they say that the feeling of community has never been stronger and it's like they have created a coherent field of kindness and helpfulness and collaboration and that's that's an amazing energy that is being seeded right in front of our parliament buildings in New Zealand at this time. It's quite profound. Um, so turn off from the news, turn away from the drama, <clears throat> excuse me, and nurture your mind, your body, your soul with noble literature, noble music, noble movies, and there are many. Um, find noble spirits, kindred spirits like yourself, they're there and they are wanting to connect with you so that's what we can do on the physical realm as as humans in a body it might mean that you um start for your body i highly recommend qigong qigong 
it's they say it's for yoga nothing against yoga personally i find yoga a struggle maybe it's my age maybe it's my body shape yoga and big boobs don't seem to work <laughs> <laughs> qigong it works and i ha i don't have a qigong teacher where i live but i have a, an online teacher fantastic lee holden gonna give him a plug fantastic because it's allowing the new energies to move through your body in a very flowing way and it's very much integrated with the elements of earth fire water and you know ether so qigong would be a wonderful thing to do or your yoga walking in nature stay very close to nature make friends with the trees get into your garden if you don't have a garden grow a plant in a, in a pot go to the parks go to the seaside if you're on the coast just Go to nature, allow the sun on your skin, forget what they say about the sun being harmful. It's our source energy. Let it come in, let it come through your body, onto your skin. What else can we do? Read the books that are there for you. Follow the online teachers that are there for you. Just surround yourself, chantras, mantras, they're beautiful satsangs that you do, Sarah. Go and dance with people. Just, yeah, really feel alive in your body. Laugh. Laugh. Look, if it means uh, going onto YouTube and, and watching Michael McIntyre, which I do myself quite often, <laughs> hilarious. This man is hilarious. He understands human nature so well. He's an observer of, my, of, of human nature. And he is the, he, we are so funny. We are so funny as humans, and it's not in a dismissive way or a, uh, what's the word, uh, a disrespectful way. We are just downright funny, and he makes me laugh so much. When we laugh, that energy actually integrates our mind, body, spirit. It has a really potent energy in laughing. It triggers the endorphins in our brain, but it has this wonderful ability to integrate our mind, body, spirit. Now... I want to share something that we can do on the non-physical and non-physical way. And it's really come into my awareness just in the last couple of days. So how timely our interview, Sarah, because I have been waiting three weeks for, for a book to arrive that when I was just uh, yeah, three weeks ago, I, I, I remembered this book came into my awareness very strongly. I heard about this book in 2013 as a must-read-that book never did and then it came into my into my memory and i ordered it online and then i felt really prompted to track down the author on facebook and i sent her a message and you know authors get people messaging them all the time and it can be a bit annoying <laughs> <It's dying. laughs> because i said to her look i'm just finishing my second book i feel very strongly there's something in your book and i've ordered it so hello i'm on she wrote back to me immediately. We've become friends. And it's, it's so exciting. And her book is called The Sacred Order of the Magi. Her name is Diane Pegler. And this, this book is a classic book which explains the return of many, many ancient wisdoms and knowledge and practices that are now returning to the earth. And so I feel really aligned with her book because... It, it, it's, it runs some parallels to my book and particularly my next book that's coming because it's, it's the journey of the human 
but it's the magic and the miracle of the human. And in this book, the, the underpinning theme is about consciously knowing and connecting to what is called the diamond light grid. But have you heard of that, Sarah? Are you aware of what that is? Not so much. I've maybe heard about it and knew about it, but I, I had it kind of mixed up with what I thought was the Christ Consciousness group. And they're all connected. But in her book, um, and I actually just messaged Diane this morning and said, can you tell me what that is? Because I'm going on this interview and I want to be able to tell people about this because what it is, the diamond light grid is a grid of light that surrounds the earth and also runs within the earth. It's made up of, it's kind of like they, they describe it as an incredible spider's web. And the, the grid is made up of all of these sacred geometrical shapes. And so it ties into numerology, ties into astrology. Every single soul on the planet has their own grid within this grid. We all have a place on the grid. And the Magi, the three wise men, that we know them as the three wise men, but they were just the founding members of what became a huge network called Magi. They went underground. They never ended. They still exist today. They returned to tell us again about themselves and to remind us about our place, each and every one of us, our special place on the diamond light grid. So I would suggest to people that they begin to understand what this diamond light grid is and to, to visualize their place on it. And this is every chapter of this book, it's a beautiful chapter, which tells the story of how the three wise men came together because they didn't know each other to begin with. They had to find each other. They all were sent off on quest. They found each other. And when they finally met baby Jesus, it was the energies of Yeshua that activated their mission and they knew that they were there to protect Yeshua. Um, but they, at the end of every wonderful chapter, there's a visualization about being on this diamond-like grid. And it's that they're telling us it's a piece of wisdom, an ancient, essential piece of knowledge for everyone to know about because it helps us create the new earth. It's a creation grid. And it's how the ancient worlds that were so enlightened, like the ancient civilizations of Egypt, of India, of Greece, of Mexico, you know, of the lands, all of those ancient worlds, they were all created through this knowledge and this active use of the diamond grid. So it's exciting, isn't it? Really exciting. Yeah. And this piece of information has just come into my awareness, like just days before I'm completing my book. And so this is one of the way this is one of the endings to my book is celebrating this wonderful diamond light grid that everyone on the planet is on it. It connects all of humanity. This is how we have the love of oneness on our planet. We are all connected through this grid. And this is what the new children who are arriving on the planet are already aware of. And this is why they can telepathically connect with each other all over the grid, all throughout the planet. This is why people know when an earthquake's coming or when a, uh, something is happening on the other side of the planet. They know through this grid. So when we want to make change in our world, 
as we all do, when we want to have this beneficial change, we can do this on the on the diamond light grid. We can gather in groups and hold meditations. We can meet on the grid. We can meet other people across the planet. We can do what they call triangulated meditations where you have people in geographic locations that make up a, a triangle. They're called triangulated meditations. I, I remember doing this years ago in New Zealand to stabilize New Zealand before I knew about any of this other stuff. That's what we were doing. And uh, as I look back over the years, I have done many and I got out maps and traced where I'd been. I realized that I'd been doing triangulated work all over the planet many, many times. So it was wonderful to actually read about this and understanding <laughs> what I've been doing and what many others are doing and to bring it into the awareness of so many more people that this is a very solid, practical way that we can contribute to creating a new earth. That That's great. That's great. Thanks yeah. for that advice. Yeah. Thank you to Diane Pegler, and, and I thoroughly recommend uh, get online and order this book. If the story is deceptively simple at the, the beginning, but it's beautifully written, and it's it's like a the quiet journey of the humanity that kind of starts up on something without really knowing just how immense and how profound the outcome is and this is the journey of the human this is what we're all doing at this time on, on planet never underestimate your journey even if you seem to be not doing much in the practical busy busyness of the world but in your inner world you can do so much by working with the energies on the planet such as the diamond light grid so it's the order the sacred order of the magi by diane pegler and it's it's being looked at as uh, as a movie. Oh, there's right now they're looking at getting it made into a movie. Fantastic! That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and so we've got that book. We've got your book, which will be coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next question to my guides. Okay, what now? What next? I don't yes. know. I don't know how that looks yet. I haven't been told. But yeah, yes. Exciting, exciting time. That is exciting. Um, you, sorry, were you going to say what else can people do? Sure. Or, ah. What else can people go do? Within. <laughs> go within. Go within. In the first chapter of my of my current book, uh, I think it's called something like The Awakenings of Our Inner World, and it's really about how we've all been so occupied and focused on our outer physical world that we have neglected our inner world and I believe that what the the lockdowns showed to people was how empty their lives were when they didn't have all the distractions the cafe <laughs> work friends family all the things that we do which are often very good things but in the end they're actually often very much a distraction and we do not spend enough time going within or as Melchior, one of the wise men would say, we also don't spend enough time looking up into the stars. You said you're looking down too much at your screens. Look up, go outside, look at the stars. But this inner world is the world that we really must develop now. And, you know, it, it, my book starts off with the interesting, um, the irony that I, 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 I spoke about the Dalai Lama. And, you know, when he had to leave um, uh, his beautiful place in Tibet, 
all those years ago, no, was it 60 years ago, something like that, he, he had grown up in a very monastic, sacred way, full of sacred teachings and meditations and enlightened teachers. His inner world was so rich. But when he went into exile and he had to come out into the physical world and then over the years he became the first global Dalai Lama. He was all over the planet. Imagine the shock of then having to navigate this outer world. The outer physical world must have felt as strange to him as our inner world feels to someone who's going in there for the first time. So I use that to show the contrast between some of us have to go in while the teachers around the world, many monks and spiritual teachers who've been in caves, <laughs> have had to come out and, and be the teachers and be the messengers. So it's the time to go within for most of humanity. That's where the stillness is. That's where we leave the media and the distractions and the busyness and the noise. Go within and that's where you hear the voice of your higher self. God self, your source energy. It's really important to go within. And it doesn't have to be long, slavish meditations like we have done in the past. It can just be a, a quick checking in every so often. Um, set up your energies in the morning, though. Do take five or ten minutes to greet the day, greet Mother, Father, Creator, greet the great central sun, whatever you see this greater divine intelligence as. Greet them, thank them for the day, thank them for the energies of this day. And you might want to tell them what your plans are, you know, give them a laugh and tell them what your plans are. Because <laughs> often they've got a very different plan to you. <laughs> but listen to what you are told if you had a meeting and you feel resistance about that. Postpone the meeting, you know, listen to what you're being told. Uh, and then at the end of, end of the day, again, give thanks the energies and the opportunities that arose for you to practice being God in the body and then close off the energy for the day like log out your computer log out from your day because that day is complete and like the Buddha says every night we die a death and the next morning we are reborn the energies the next day are not the energies that they were the day before they're different and as an astrologer you know the alignments have shifted the plans have shifted there's another degree so we work with those energies. We say, hello world, here I am. Today's energies show the energy to me for this day. So good morning universe. Today I would like to eat chocolate all day and watch Netflix and then check inside to see what Fabulous. would be a better you, option. Yeah, or, <laughs> or not better. Your, your guides might say yeah. exactly what you need Perfect. to do. Here, exactly what you need to do. And you know chocolate stimulates the endorphins are going to make you feel good. So, so long as you don't regret it and think, oh my gosh, I'm going to put straight to the hips, lose that thought because then you sort of just sabotage the lovely thought of nurturing yourself and having having happy endorphins. So, you know, obviously there are some rituals that we can't do all the time, but they at times are very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I have days like that myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of part of life is kind of accepting that sometimes especially that's what I've been uh, working with and, yeah. and learning and I have a reminder that pops up randomly on my phone that says it's okay to sit and do nothing totally it's important because this is the stillness and actually you're never doing nothing that's true nothing it's that stillness where the real work is done 
Yes, because that's the, because why the inner world, reminded. the inner world, and the energy, energy comes first. Physical world comes second. It's mm. the energy world that we need to take care of. When we take care of our energy world from the inner world, the physical world literally just happens like clockwork. And that's the art of mastering being on this planet. When you manifest and you and you become, as the Magi show us so beautifully, your, your life becomes magic and miracles. And in my second book, I give some illustrations of that that happened in my own life on these quests that I went on. Miracles happened. And because I was aligned with source energy, which is love, and I was aligned with my own soul journey, I was where I needed to be and where they wanted to be, me to be on the pathway because I listened to them and then I actioned it. I didn't just hear them and ignore them because we do that a lot too. Yes. But you hear them and you action. You take the action that they're asking. Mm-hmm. And so how can people find your book and books, plural, when <laughs> number two pops <laughs> and- out? And uh, my first book is out of print. It's, I was told by my guides to reprint it after my first book. Oh, sorry, after the second book comes out. So it will be again, it will be available in print again. At the moment, it's an ebook. Um, but you can go to my website and subscribe. And then when these birthings arrive, um, you'll get a little newsletter. And I promise you, I do not send a lot of stuff out to my subscribers. It's only when my guides want something shared or if it's a new event. So um, it's www. How hilarious. I just said www. Do you know Michael McIntyre does a whole skit on how we all used to say www. He said, what a lot of time we've wasted for years saying www. Well, actually, it would be www. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to. You don't need to know that. It's okay. Just, um, dub 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 dot. Um, okay. We know that your web, um, your website is on the World Wide Web. Yep. Exactly. And it's armwomenvibe.com. Great. And I'll make sure A- that's in the show notes. But yeah, do spell it. Do spell it. A N N W Y N V I B E. Dot. Great. Yeah, so please subscribe, and you also, by subscribing, you get to read the first chapter of Dry Your Tears, which is my first book, and then you get a, quite a good lengthy excerpt from my current book. And they're so, both amazing, because yeah. I made sure I had a read. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's great. And so um, people want to contact you, they can find you on the website too. On the website, yes, that's right. There's the email address. Um, that's right. Have a look at the website. There's um, offerings. I know that there's uh, at some stage in the near future, I shall be doing another event with Ascended Master Tabash, who is channeled by a dear friend, Blair Styra. And uh, we did a wonderful workshop together last year about uh, called the Rituals of Life. And that it's really all about becoming this new human that I'm speaking about as we move up higher into our higher version of life and integrating more with our, our God self, our higher nature. So, yeah, look out for that. There's another event coming up. I don't know when, I don't know what, I don't know how. I just know. <laughs> and we will find out in our inboxes uh, when the time is That's right. right. That's right, Sarah. 
Oh, thank you so much, Anwen. Um, I'm really excited about the new book and I just love how you've shared so much wisdom with us today and, uh, and how we'll be moving into that new moon in Pisces, which of course is all about spirituality and, um, and merging yeah. with source. And uh, yes, thank you so much. Oh, look, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, it's just a wonderful opportunity, especially uh, on the cusp of this new birth of the book. And the, the planets are all aligned. And as Yeshua once said, it's, it's written in the stars. And yeah, he also said that um, at the end of the age, and he meant at the end of the Piscean age, he said, all of the signs will be written in the stars and the moon and planets. And this is the time now because we're moving out of the end of the Piscean age and into the Aquarian age. So everything that he did and told us 2000 years ago is for now. And this is another thing I, I didn't mention, but of course, um, my book is talking about the true teachings of the Christ. It doesn't go through them yet. That's probably in the next book. But it's alerting us that the new teaching, that, that sorry, the original teachings of Christ are returning to the planet. Let this 
Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>